Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. Sorry for a bit of a delay. We had to figure out what was going on with the projector. It looked like somebody had clicked a button and put it on a different source. So, But it works now, so we're good. Tonight we will have uh, one song. Technically, it's two songs, and then Chris will have announcements. Uh, two more songs, and then Mike has our devotional this evening. Our first song is number 891. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And I will uh, will immediately go into He is my everything after this. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad. Good evening. If you're curious, gentlemen, how uh, you will be serving in May, the May calendars are out. I wanted to mention that first. Uh, so they're out there on the foyer table. Also, this Sunday is our potluck, so we'll have uh, the one o'clock service this evening or this Sunday. Uh, Life group three, that's Jeremy and Dickie's group, will be in charge of cleanup, and then following the one o'clock service, we'll be singing uh, to the residents at Wingate. Um, if you're planning or in, interested in helping with VBS this year, we're going to have a short meeting right after services, right before the potluck this, uh, this coming Sunday. So if you can come to that, it'll be kind of right here uh, in the front of the auditorium this Sunday, right after, evening, or right after the morning services. Uh, May 3rd is our Stepping Stone Supper. Smoked pork is on the menu, uh, so be looking forward to that. May 6th uh, at 5 p.m., we'll have a preschool through elementary, that's pre -through, preschool through fifth grade event where we're making bird feeders uh, with the little ones. So be looking forward to that. That'll be here at the building May 6th at 5. Uh, May 12th, we'll have a teen lock-in that starts at 10 o'clock. 
Um, May 20th is the Hometown Love uh, at the fairgrounds. It uh, starts at 9 o'clock that morning. And then May 21st will be the Senior Reception. Uh, group 1, that's Rick and Chad's group, will have their May meeting on May 21st following morning services in the old auditorium. And last but not least, the mowing schedule is on the bulletin board as well. Uh, so be aware of that if you can help in that area. Uh, as far as our prayer list goes, Jimmy Wilgus uh, is uh, still um, uh, dealing with his cancer. He, I think he's done with his uh, treatments, but still looking forward to the next steps uh, for him. So being prayer for him, as well as Karina Calico. She's kind of struggling uh, right now. Um, Jim Haney has gotten some good news as far as his meds go. Um, but, of course, keep him as he uh, deals with his cancer. Um, as well as uh, Terry Leap, that's Gary's brother. Uh, Doug Deeds, uh, he's one of the elders at South Point, And uh, Jamie Estes, that's uh, Mandy's uh, nephew. As well as Amber Spitzer, she continues with her um, cancer. All right, uh, if there's nothing else, let's pray, and then we'll um, get back into our worship. Father, we pray that you'll bless our time together tonight. We pray that it will be beneficial for us, that our hearts can be uplifted, and that uh, we'll be encouraged as we study your word, Father, and as we sing songs of praise. We're grateful for this time we have together, and we pray that you'll bless the ones that we've mentioned tonight. We ask that you'll uh, look over the ones that are struggling with cancer, especially for Jimmy Wilgus and Jim Haney and some of the others among our, um, our congregation here that are struggling. We pray that you'll bless them, Father, uh, with health, and that you'll bring them back to us very quickly. Pray for all the ones um, that are connected to our folks here, especially for, for Terry Leap and Doug Deeds and Jamie Estes and Amber Spitzer, that, uh, that you'll give them health as well too, Father. Be with the doctors and nurses that are uh, ministering to them, that those things can be effective uh, for their benefit. We pray that you'll continue to watch over us. Thank you for the hope and the redemption that we find inside of Christ. And we ask all these things in his name. Amen. Our next song this evening is Cornerstone. Cornerstone. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare
last song before the lesson this evening is number 572, Send the Light. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. Send the Light. There's a call comes ringing over restless ways in the light, in the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save, send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel, let Our song of invitation is 517, Oh Why Not Tonight. Good evening. Hope everyone's having a, a good day and a good week. So uh, here's a picture for us to, to consider this evening. And I believe this picture reveals two truths that I think we would all agree upon. The first is that life is busy. You know, we're busy. And the second is, as humans, we are prone to distractions. You know, the picture is a, it's a funny depiction of really a scene that's pretty common for our generation with the advancement of technology and with access at our fingertips. And some people think that, you know, tech, the technology age is uh, the reason for our, us being distracted, and it certainly has not helped. However, humans have always been prone to to distractions. You know, just the, the business of life, um, your jobs, going to school, raising kids, um, your families, hobbies, etc. All of these can be distractions. And none of these things in themselves are, are bad, but you know, when you put all these things together and when our lives become so busy, God isn't the priority, then it can be dangerous for us as Christians. Because with distraction comes an increased reliance on, on worldly things. And we risk pushing God to the, uh, to the periphery. So as we get busy and, and you get distracted, you know, we have a tendency to forget and to, to lose you know, our focus. 
In his book, The Ruthless Pursuit of Hurry, John Mark Comer writes, what you give your attention to is the person you become. So put another way, what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. So if we look at it that way, really in the end, you know, life is no more than the sum of what we've given our attention to. And that bodes well for the disciples of Jesus, for those that, you know, that focus their life, give their life, and give the bulk of their attention to him, but not for those who give the bulk of their attention to things of this world. So we become what we give our attention to for better or for worse. And later in his book, Comer writes, attention is the beginning of devotion. So a couple questions for us to consider this evening. You know, what are we devoted to and who are we becoming? The fear is that living in this world, Christians will become distracted out of their devotion for God. Instead of becoming like Jesus, you know, our distraction will cause us to become more like the world. And that can be a you know, dangerous road for us to travel. You know, have you ever been somewhere that you considered a safe place to find out later that it was, was really dangerous? Or have you ever done something that you thought at the time was, was pretty safe, uh, but again, you found out after the fact that it was, it was probably something pretty dangerous to be doing? You know, I think sometimes we have this excessive amount of confidence in our, in our safety. You know, for example, you know, the advancements that have happened in cars in the last 15, 20 years you know, they've reduced injuries, but not by as much as the, uh, the designers had hoped for because they didn't anticipate that making cars safer would change the way that people drive. It causes us to drive faster, we take more chances. So sometimes I think we take a, a safe situation, a, you know, a comfortable situation, and we make it dangerous by our actions. And I worry the same can be said for us as Christians living in America today. You know, compared to other generations and, and certainly compared to other areas of the world, you know, we, we know this. We live comfortable lives. We have so many resources at our disposal. The concern is that we become complacent, we become self-reliant, become proud, and we remove God from the, the center of our lives, and that can be dangerous. So this evening, I just, I just want to take uh, just a few minutes and look at, um, take time and, and look at the book of Deuteronomy and take a look at the Israelites and God's warning to them as they face distractions in their lives and see what we can learn from this example. You know, Deuteronomy devotes an entire chapter, chapter 8, imploring the Israel, Israelites to remember God and all that he had done for them. Chapter 8 begins with Moses in the midst of a sermon to the Israelites about the importance of keeping their focus on God and not getting distracted as they prepare to enter the promised land. You know, he's reminding them of everything that God had done for them. He had removed them or got them out of Egypt, out of slavery, and he had uh, been with them, you know, these last 40 years as they wandered in the wilderness. And it's interesting because in verse 2, it's the very beginning of the chapter, Moses tells them, you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So there was a purpose why God you know, led the Israelites into the wilderness for 40 years. It was to humble, to test them, and to see what was in their hearts, to see if they would follow his commands. 
But now as they were preparing to enter this new land, this promised land, God knew they were going to be faced with these new distractions. And we know the end of the story. Ultimately, it caused them to forget. So if we look further into chapter 8, verses 11 through 14, see that verse 11 starts out, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. And we can stop, can we not stop right there and, and apply that same warning to, to our generation today, you know, to our leaders, to the world around us, and, and I think it's a good warning for us as, as Christians as well. But if you uh, continue with verse 11, it says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So God knew as things began to, to go well for the Israelites that they would be pr- prone to forget about him. You know, as they had, uh, had food and they built houses for themselves, their livestock was increasing, they had you know, gold and silver, you know, money, and they had no wants, and they knew he knew as they had no wants, their reliance was going to wane. And doesn't that sound familiar? Couldn't that be said about us sometimes that, you know, when things are running smoothly in our lives, that we have a tendency to kind of push God to the side and until we need him, until that next storm comes and, and you know, and then we go running back to him. And that's what Moses is warning the Israelites about. Unfortunately, you know, this becomes a common theme throughout the Old Testament with the Israelites, that they would follow God for a while and then, um, then they would begin to, you know, be proud and kind of rely upon themselves and kind of do their own thing and then God's anger would be stirred and then eventually they would go back and following God for a while and then, you know, we know the story, then they, again, would become comfortable and relied upon themselves and, and fall away once again. So it would just be this, this vicious cycle. And I think often we look at you know, the Israelites in Scripture, we can see glimpses of ourselves in these stories of, about them. You know, we aren't that different. You know, we're faced with some of the same situations, same, some of the same things that they were uh, challenged with. So how do we strengthen our devotion to God in light of you know, the distractions that we face in 2023? And knowing that we are prone to be distracted, how do we keep, a pri- keep God a priority in our busy lives? And I think we have to be intentional in our devotion to him. You, God has to be our priority. And being intentional means making deliberate choices to reflect what's most important to us. So if you think about it, aren't we intentional in other areas of our lives, in our personal lives? You know, we're intentional with school, we're intentional with our jobs, we're intentional with our families, our hobbies, etc., you name it. We're we're intentional. And again, none of these things are bad. In fact, these are are good things. But if we don't make God a priority and aren't intentional in keeping Him a priority, then as we get busy, we're going to push Him to the side. And fortunately, we have an example to follow. So if the Israelites are you know, kind of our example of what not to do, then Jesus is the example of how we should be aligning our lives. You know, the way that we can reduce distractions and increase our devotion to God is by being intentional in our walk with Christ. Again, we're usually intentional in other areas of our life, our personal life, and I think we've become pretty good. There's a lot of books out there, you know, how to 
balance busy lives, and I think we've become pretty good at that because we're, we're used to it, because we're all busy. But sometimes we fall short in our devotion to God. And everything that Jesus did, he did with intention. You know, during his time on earth, he provided us a roadmap for being intentional through his teachings and, and through his examples. And we can see this very early on in his ministry where Jesus was, you know, where Jesus' focus was. You know, during the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, Matthew 6, he's telling those around him not to make earthly things like money and food and clothing their priority or their focus, not to be anxious about these things. Instead, he says in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So it's a, you know, a very familiar verse for us, but it's, it's, so it's about putting things in proper order. You know, it's about seeking God first, and it's about filling our mind less on earthly things and more on godly things. And when we do that, everything else falls into its, its proper place. You know, throughout Jesus' ministry, we see him prioritizing relationships as well, you know, with obviously his apostles, but also just the people around him, the people that he was teaching, the people that are following him, and most of all, prioritizing his relationship with God. You know, um, it, um, no matter how busy he got, he never forgot to pray. He always found time to, to pray. And he never allowed distractions to take him away from his purpose. And you could say he was, as we would say today, he was laser-focused. And Paul, who modeled his life after Christ, was also intentional in his devotion and in his mission. We can see that in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, that Paul says to the believers at Colossae, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. So Paul's saying, you know, be intentional in what you are meditating on, what you're seeking, and take time to think about God. You're being intentional in our devotion to him. It's going to take some effort in our end. It, it may take us um, taking some planning. It may, you know, we may need to set some goals. It's going to take a little bit of effort, and it can look different for each of us the way that we, we set this up and, and the way we apply it to our lives. But I believe that it needs to consist at the, uh, the bare minimum. At least um, we need to be reading scripture. We need to be praying. And then I think also, as Moses implored the Israelites to do, we need to be remembering God. I think there's value in taking time to remember what God has done for each of us through Christ. And uh, you know, just remember why God deserves to be our you know, our priority. And that's what busy lives and, and um, distractions take from us. It takes our mind off of God and it puts it squarely on the things of this world. So to finish up, um, you know, back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, which was a couple chapters before our reading in, in chapter 8, Moses told the Israelites, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And we're familiar with that verse. And Jesus repeated those words in you know, in the New Testament and the Gospels. So God deserves our devotion. So this evening, you know, my hope is that this devotional just, just serves as a reminder for us of how easy it is to get pulled away from our devotion to God, our love for God. And I don't think anyone here this evening necessarily intends to, uh, for this to happen, you know, on purpose. It's not something that we design or you want to happen. But it can happen little by little if we're not 
paying attention. It's so easy to get busy. Uh, it's so easy to become distracted and just lose sight of God. You know, it happened with the Israelites and it happens with us today. We don't want to look back at the end of a day and certainly we don't want to look back at the end of the week and see no evidence of God in our life. But it takes us being intentional in our spiritual life to make sure we are making God the priority. Just doing little things like reading scripture more, praying more, it's going to help ensure that he is part of our daily walk. And I said earlier that being intentional means making deliberate choices to reflect what is most important to us. And I know that we can all agree that God is the most important thing for each of us. So let's make sure we are making decisions that, and living lives that reflect his importance. You know, he deserves our focus. So this evening, you know, if you want to study the Bible, if you want to learn more about God, I know all the elders would be more than happy to, to study with you. I know Chris would be, love to study with you. Or you know, if you're ready to follow God's plan and be baptized, we can certainly help you with that as well. Or if you just need the uh, prayers of the church, won't you come as we stand and sing?
Will you join me in prayer, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we are so very thankful for the time we can be together here this evening. Father, we ask you to continue with us as we study from your word and to make it clear and help us to apply it to our lives wherever possible. Dear Lord, we thank you for the invitation extended tonight. And Father, there are those among us who should have responded. Father, we pray you would spare their lives till the next time and that they may choose to respond. Lord, we need to respond not only to repent from our sins, but some of us, Father, have never given our lives to you, and we pray that you will put it in our hearts to respond to the invitation at every opportunity. Thank you now for the time to be in class. Please bless it to us as we uh, open your word and look into it. We pray in Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> 